Welcome to Rival Reviews. My name is Abir. And I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where we review, discuss, and ultimately debate our favorite... And don't forget our least favorite... Movies and television shows. Right, you have to explain. Like, that's that's where your movie just falls apart, when we don't know why people are doing things, and there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hold my hand. <laughs> right. Whereas, like, after she just beat up like five guys, yeah, yeah, and after she saves him, like, come the hell on. That was such a ridiculous scene. It's so he, silly. He doesn't come across as terrifying in any shape, way, or form. Right, so like most of the problems with this movie, I just want to know what her deal is. Like the problem is they don't explain anything. In this episode of Rival Reviews, we discover which side of the force Abir and I land on while debating this movie. Will Abir be able to channel her inner ray and bring me back to the light before I fall completely to the dark side? Let's find out while we take a look at Star Wars The Force Awakens. today's episode because i've been so excited to get to it no (laughs) this one this one i i didn't really want to watch this movie in the first place and then 20 minutes into it was a real struggle for me see that confuses me i i don't understand because re-watching this i'm like i like this movie i i like it it's fun it sets you up possibly for a good next series or trilogy I definitely was able to see some plot holes this time around that I didn't see the first time I watched it and uh, just as a note over here I've only seen this movie once before and it was at the theaters I think I saw it multiple times at the theaters the first time but I haven't seen it since it was uh, released so I see plot holes now but I still enjoyed it yeah, there's definitely plot holes in this movie. I think we'll try our best not to go into the sequels because it's a yeah. whole different animal with these movies in terms of how they're they change up, you know, the direction of them in each movie. So we'll try and isolate it to this one. I know there'll be some references, but just so people understand, like we're we're not gonna reference the future because I think that's not really fair for what this movie was trying to do. So I will give it that leeway. That being said, I think it was, I I saw it a few times. I I saw it in theaters as well. And I remember being like, not, not angry with it or anything, but just being like, all right, like I I see what they were going for. It didn't do much for me. If if I look a movie playing it safe and then, which I understood because the prequels were kind of lukewarm with a lot of people when they came out. I know they're more beloved now, but they weren't when they came out. So I understand the direction they went, but I, I don't, on a rewatch, I I I hated it. I turned into hating the movie. Wow, hate hate is a strong word you use here. I think we should do the thing that we always do, which is let's go through it uh, sequentially, I guess, and then give our honest take about what it was like. It'll definitely be an honest take for this one. That's for okay, sure. So. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the parts that I really loved. And if I miss something, I'm excited for you to tell me about it or why you hated the part that I really loved. So it starts off with Luke 
how did you find that beginning scene? So you mean like the opening credits or the the text scroll scroll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a rough one for me. So that literally begins the the start of the problems with this movie for me. I know it's the first frame of the movie, but the these the setting of it is a problem for me. So last we saw our heroes 30 years ago, you know, they've blown up the Death Star, they've they've grown in different ways. They're war heroes at this point. They're they're heroes of the Republic and the galaxy, they're well known, everyone loves them. The opening of this movie says Luke has vanished. That's fine. Um, no real explanation why. I don't know if they mention it right away, or I know obviously over the course of the movie they mentioned that his Jedi Academy was destroyed by one of the, one of his pupils. Uh, and so he decides to just abandon everybody he ever cared about and leave the galaxy, I guess, to the hands of whoever did this. That was a problem for me. That didn't feel like. Why? Because that was that nothing about Luke's character in the previous movies would suggest that's something he would do. I guess it does to a certain extent, though, like he was just putting together a Jedi Academy and it was destroyed. People were killed and everywhere he goes, death and despair follows. Why wouldn't he want to pull himself out of the situation? I know I would. Because Luke's entire character arc in the original movies is about redemption. It's about hope and redemption. It's about redeeming people who can be saved. And so I'm all for him doing a Jedi Academy. That's the movie I want to see, to be honest. So even, even if it gets destroyed in that movie, that's cool too. The problem is we don't get to see any of that. So our introduction to Luke is that he tried to do something, failed at it, and then he abandoned Han, Chewie, Leia, his nephew, the galaxy, R2-D2, everybody, and just like left. But he didn't abandon. And this is, I think, where my biggest problem with haters of The Force Awakens is. And it's around this idea that well, Luke is supposed to be like this and it's been 30 years. How dare he be a different person? How dare he not act the way that I expect him to act as a fan of the sequels? It's just, I think it's a little bit frustrating because 30 years have passed and a lot has happened and none of the characters, I mean, some of them do continue to be similar to their story arcs, but like, he got his redemption. He did what he was supposed to do in his story arc. And now he's a different person 30 years later. I just feel like that argument doesn't really hold up. Yeah, see, I, I think that cheapens the argument, though. I think to say he can be different 30 years later is fine, but you can't expect me to buy that without showing me any part of that. Like you have to show, even if it's a 10 minute intro, where we're seeing a montage of him building this academy and Kylo turning and something happening and, and killing. Like, that's awesome. That would be a great intro to this movie. Fair, but it still doesn't mean he can't be a different person. Like they diff they they gave you enough for you to be able to put it together. Maybe they didn't prioritize that part of the movie, but again, I don't think that this is not the Luke I know is a good enough reason to hate like Luke's story arc in this in this uh episode. Yeah, I think it is. We're going to get fired up a little bit over this because I'm definitely going to come down hard on this like idea that things are supposed to be the way they are. But this always pisses me off. Like this idea that uh, things are black and white. I'm not the same person I was like 30 seconds ago, mainly because I can't remember what I said. You have a story about why that is. And if 
if somebody met you 30 years later. Yeah, I'm not the same person I was three years ago. If my friends in Australia met me today, they would not know who I am. It but would they not want be, to know why. Yeah, but it would not be consistent with who they thought I was. And I don't necessarily owe them a why. I actually don't owe anyone a why. So like- well, This is real, a different argument though. This, this is, is a different argument. A yeah, yeah, it's a movie. I get that. I, it's fair that you wanted to see what happened between zero and 30. But in saying that, I don't think it's fair to say that this is not the Luke that I know. Therefore, I do not like this story arc. Well, I think it is fair just because I don't like the story arc, period. So, like, if this was a new character, I know it wouldn't hold much sense in terms of him vanishing. You wouldn't really care if this was a new person. But I don't think the arc was very good anyway. So if you take a character who we knew in a certain way and then just, like, I don't really understand why he's in the movie or these three movies, right? And I get it. I get they We're have- not supposed to understand it just yet, though, in this movie, I think. Well, that was achieved for sure. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to change my mind on this. And I don't think I'm going to change your mind on this. But I I do have to say, like, I get it. I would have loved to see more about the Jedi Academy and how Kylo Ren turned against him. Um, But I still, like, think it's very normal for someone to be completely different and to react very differently in the face of a different type of trauma that they've just encountered. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to change each other's mind about this. I'm not against that story. I actually like that idea a lot. I wish that was the first movie in this trilogy. I really do. I think that would have set it up for a much better storyline. However, let's move on. I do the second part of that that opening scroll I had a problem with, and it's going to be the same argument. But the whole first order is now powerful argument of just yeah, it just I just don't really love the whole we're just going to start everything over, and that's what this movie kind of feels like. That's that's totally fair. Like I think I understand when people are like, "This is the new hope all over again." Like you're just recycling a storyline. I get that, I guess. Like, I get it. But then it's again, safe, I, like it's I said. safe. And I, I just want to remind most Star Wars fans that this is to, you're not the only audience and you're probably the minority of the audience. So quite frankly, like you can't get upset with a recycled storyline that is just Hollywood in general. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think you can do a new storyline that appeals to everybody. That's yeah. all. I do get the whole thing, though, where Disney came in and completely decided what was canon and what wasn't and went back to legend. That was and weird. Was like, so I understand people being upset by that and not having, like, some continuation there um, and then being like we had all of these options and then all you did was go and recycle a storyline that already exists. That's completely fair. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, canon's just a word. I don't really take I don't. You can't just say, you know, none of this is canon anymore. And then it doesn't exist in my brain anymore. Like they technically wiped out all the video games and a lot of them are really, really good video games. So like what I'm going to pretend they're not very good anymore. Maybe. I mean, I forget everything very easily. So just be as good as I am. Not because Disney told me to. We'll just say that. No, no. But I think like Disney, I think the frustrating part to me in this is Disney wanted its own creative freedom. And then recycled a storyline. So that part I fully get. Yeah. 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 It's 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 also uh, so one thought I had while watching this movie too was like we talked about Marvel a few different times already, but like the the massive web that was weaved through all those movies that connected everything so well. And I look at Star Wars and I'm like, you had six movies before this one that are all connected, you know, for better or worse in some areas, like you know, whatever your opinion is, but like they're all connected well. 
like that's a blueprint for how to do your next Star Wars movies. So to wipe all that out and just kind of start over, like just seems like a waste. It, it's it, this came up in another one of our reviews. I know you mentioned this that the joy of Marvel is being in on it. Like when something happens and you're like, oh, I, I get that reference and I see where that came from. There's build up to this. Cool. This, what a great payoff. There's really no payoff in these movies from the previous ones. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I I get that. Even the prequels had that going for them because to a certain extent, you saw characters that you saw in the sequels. Um, You knew who Darth Vader was. You knew Anakin. um, You know, you saw Tatooine. Like, there were all these things that you were able to relate between the two to a certain extent. Um, So I, I, I can agree with that. I can see that for sure. All right. Well, I mean, we'll keep going. Um, we're, we're not even at the first scene yet. I mean, I guess we are now. Yeah. So talk to me about how you feel about the first scene. Uh, okay. So we have uh, Poe showing up to deliver or no, to get a map from an old guy that we've never met before. And then Kylo shows up with his storm troopers, I think is mm-hmm. what they are in this still right which is weird because yeah. they're not the empire, but okay. They're, but I mean, they're not the same type of stormtroopers where like you had the clones versus these guys. True, but there weren't clones in the original movies either. Well, I guess some of them were, not all of them, no. Some, yeah, these ones are completely, well, these ones, they're not. Um, Finn references himself as a stormtrooper at one point. That's what threw me off. Yeah, he, he calls himself a stormtrooper that, you know, like just like all of them, we were kidnapped, uh, we were taken very young and we yeah. knew nothing else. So Conditioned, that's just, yeah. So, and then they also mentioned conditioning training that they gave Finn at some point as well. Yeah. Reconditioning too for some of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Um, the scene is kind of cool. Like, I actually like the way they assault. Like I like the ships coming down. I like the troopers coming off the ship and how aggressively they're attacking everybody. That's pretty cool. Um, the action's good in the movie. CGI is always fun in these movies. It's like, interesting. I, yeah, I noticed that, especially after the last couple of movies we watched. Like, watching this, I'm like, man, this looks good. Like, a lot of this looks really good. There was that scene at the end where Starkiller is imploding. That was so cool, the way they did that. I really, really love that representation. Yeah, I felt the same, honestly. I did have a question during that scene, though. So how did Kylo find them? Like, how did he know where Poe was or where this old man was in the map? Like, was that explained how they just showed up? No. Right. But he had been tracking. He's looking for Luke, isn't he? Yes, but I just, it wasn't clear to me. Maybe it was in the opening text and I missed it. I don't know. But it wasn't clear to me how... Well, in the text, it says Leia sent her most daring pilot, pilot or best pilot, which is which is Poe, not a spy, but a pilot for some reason over here. That's fine. And then, then like Kylo just shows up, like knows where they are. It just, I just wasn't clear on how they all suddenly knew where this map was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I missed it, but I just assumed that he was looking for the map and therefore followed Poe or had some sort of clues to get him to the same place as Poe. I guess that's fine, right? Like it moves the plot. It just we thought it was weird that wasn't explained. That's all. Yeah, I liked uh the first order, like their troops looked really cool. They uniforms so sharp. I loved the first order's uniforms. The black, the black, the sharpness, like props to the like costume department they told a really good story in this movie 
I really like, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like the, the design is the best part of this movie, but the, I like the shot. It's like the very first shot of the troops coming in on the carriers, like, and the lights are like going, I'm very, that was very cool and dramatic. I did have another question though. Mm -hmm. I have a couple in this scene. Is this Finn's first mission? Like this is the part I couldn't figure out. Okay. So his buddy dies. He kind of panics because it's his first mission. Okay. Yeah. So when he's telling Ray that he was a stormtrooper and that he was there for his first battle um, and saw all the killing and made a decision in that moment that he's not going to be a part of it. And that's that moment where him and Kylo lock eyes and Kylo sort of took stock of him in that moment. So that's a question I had too. So what, what is your interpretation on why Kylo does that? Like, Why does he notice Finn? Well, I mean, my interpretation is essentially Kylo's walking back, sees all of the stormtroopers or his uh, backup going for it, killing others, and then you've got this one dude just standing there. Like, if I'm walking in that direction and see one person not doing anything, I would sort of, like, my attention may may be on him. So that's what I assumed. He's the only one acting differently to the rest of the people who are dressed the same as him. I took it, and I'm going to make a slight reference to the next movie, just in terms of pointing out right now that the next movie takes very different narrative directions than I think this movie intended to. So I just want to point that out before yeah. I, I guess, talk about stuff that didn't quite come to fruition in that movie. I took it as him recognizing him as Force-sensitive in some way. Oh, yeah. See, I totally right? assumed that, but I'm stopping that from happening, from popping up because, yeah. But I, I think, like... The whole force sensitive thing really hits home when, when does it, it hits home halfway through this movie. I've got a note about it. And that's when I'm just like, Finn is definitely like force sensitive. And that's when you can look back and say, that's probably why Kylo stopped and saw him for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there were any more references in this movie. I know it comes back in the third movie. We'll go into all that at that point, but yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does Kylo kill the old man? Uh, that knows where the map is well firstly there's multiple people who want the map maybe he knows the contents of the map he wants to eliminate him not get him into the hands of the resistance so that they could get him i'm obviously making this all up i do not know (laughs) the other thing is it's kylo he's trying to prove himself um and that's a whole plot point in this movie that i think they did really well i made a note of it Kylo is essentially Anakin, the Anakin that you see, the young Anakin who's annoyed, undisciplined, driven by his emotions, uh, wants to prove himself. Yeah, very whiny in multiple parts. You see that in Kylo. So he definitely has the Skywalker genes in him, that's for sure. So so what I kind of meant by that was he knows that this old man knows where the map is or has the map or whatever. And his, he asks him like once and then just kills him. I don't understand why he didn't interrogate him because he takes Poe after interrogates Poe, but he has no idea that Poe even has it or knows where it is. So I just don't know why he doesn't do that to the old man. Yeah. No idea. I don't know. It's just like like weird plot things like that where I'm like, okay, like you killed an old man. Intimidating. I feel like that that's inconsequential though. Like it, it just didn't feel like a moment that I, well, the focus for me of that scene is essentially there is a map. Kylo is after this map. The resistance is after the map. The resistance has it. Now Kylo wants it. Like that's, that's the scene. But this guy, he, I agree, except this guy knows 
where they he's under the impression this guy is his ticket to finding the map next like his next clue in this yeah so i don't understand that part and also these movies to me have a bit of a problem with well actually a very big problem with their villains not being formidable compared oh to my God, not yeah. the original movies right yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think and i think and I'm going to all say it right now. I like Kylo. I actually think he's a good villain. I like the actor a lot. So like, that's like a highlight of this movie for me, but like it's moments like that where I'm like, okay, that was a weird choice to kill your only lead for this map. Like that was odd. Um, your whole point for coming here, as far as we know. I fully agree with that. We'll also say maybe it's ego and he thinks he's going to be able to catch Poe or whoever else because he knows he needs to chase Poe. I don't know how, but he knows. Well, it's also funny, too, because clearly Kylo can read minds, but he chooses, like, not to interrogate Poe there on the planet, which would have saved him lots of time in finding the droid. But instead, he's like, yeah, we'll just take him over to the ship, then I'll interrogate him. Fair. I just... <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm nitpicking. Like, I'm just like... nitpicking, and we only have, like, an hour. There's a lot we got to get through. The, it's... My whole thing is just the beginning of the movie. Like, you kind of have to set this up in a way that's believable, and, and parts of it aren't. Next scene that I wanted to bring up was Ray. We finally get to meet Ray. Uh, how did you find that scene? I like the intro to Ray. I, I dig the scavenging aspect. Uh, not a huge fan of another desert planet at this point. I, I just enough already. Like there's other climates you can make planets out of. But it was cool. I like Ray. She's kind of plucky. She's, I don't know, kind of cool. I like her optimism as the movie goes on. Like her kind of, I, I like a lot about her. I don't so much like, her plot but i like her character if that makes sense um and the actress is good too Same. obviously but um I, the one part i thought was weird with that though was like that scavenger finds bb-8 and that's how like she finds bb-8 and like she just like takes it from him and i'm like aren't droids property in star wars like how can she just take it from this guy that already found it yeah i think one of the things i found weird was she understood bb-8 um, but at the same time, so did Anakin when he met R2-D2, like he understood him. So there is that. She also, she also understands Chewie in this movie. Yeah. And that's weird because like no one understands Chewie other than Hans, but anyway, that's fine. Hans. Um, so I liked Ray in this scene. I love her character. I think they did a great setup for her. She's definitely a great actress. I was like, oh, another planet. Like initially I thought it was Tatooine until right. like they actually said it I was thought that was on purpose. And yeah, they had to. Otherwise everyone's going to be like, mm. and also like planet Earth's got a lot of climates. Choose something else. Yep. Uh, but desert works. I loved how she like was sliding down the dunes. I love the scavenging. I love that you were able to see that she wasn't living a great life, but was sticking around for some sort of weird hope. So I really like that. I also did make a note about BB-8 a couple of times. One was just like, she just took him from the scavenger, (laughs) but maybe, you know, I'm okay with that one. The other one was she chose BB-8 over so many portions of food like 60 meals or something yeah yeah and i was like hold on you are struggling on a day-to-day you just met this droid you have no again droids are property in star wars that's the other way like they are a tool yeah they're a tool and you decide to keep it and not have food so that was weird to me but then I kept going back to maybe she's force sensitive. Maybe she, it's like her gut telling her something. So show us that movie, show us those things. I agree with you. I also think like there even could have been a throwaway line where she's like, oh, you could be useful. You could get into spaces. I can't like that would have been really interesting too. Then there would have been a reason to keep it. Um, It's not a big deal. That's a nitpick too, but it's just one of those things I think we both noticed. Yeah. 
And then very quickly after the racing, we go into Poe and Kylo and then Finn helping Poe. How did you find that scene? Problematic for one reason, but otherwise enjoyable. I Finn and Poe have like the best chemistry in this movie. Although like yes. Finn and Ray are pretty good too. Yeah. Finn and anybody really is just awesome in this movie. But uh, yeah, all good. Like that's all fun. I thought it was odd that, you know, Finn had his panic attack when he was, you know, forced to be in that firefight at the beginning of the first battle. Um, and then once him and Poe get into a TIE fighter, he immediately turns around and blows away like, 50 stormtroopers and he's like cheering about it and he's happy and i'm like weren't weren't these guys your friends a minute ago that you were just like sad over yeah but i guess he did leave because he didn't want to be the bad guy he didn't want to kill he didn't want you know the first order to continue their path of like destruction he's afraid of the first order so in those cases i can see why he's okay with killing them he's trying to survive i love Finn as a character. He's the best part in all the movies, I think. A hundred percent. And one of my notes is I love the setup they have for Finn in this movie. Yes, there's a lot of setup. You leave this film thinking that Finn is going to have one of the most incredible storylines, that we're going to see incredible character development. We're going to be surprised by what's going to happen with this. And he's just such a strong character. And John Bayek is like such a good actor. Like it was so enjoyable every scene. Love that it was hey, he was able to help Poe. Found it hilarious that he just wanted to get away from Jacqueline. (laughs) They were all going back in that direction. Which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Which is again great character arc for him. But yeah. Great character arc. But he was just wanting to survive. um, But really enjoyed every scene with Finn and I remember leaving the theater the first time I watched it I was like I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with Finn yeah again I I felt the movie played it pretty safe overall for like plot and tone and all that but I thought yeah same thing I remember like when I think of this movie I think of Finn and Ray but I mostly think of Finn yeah and it's one of the reasons that's I can enjoy some of this movie I find is just his scenes are you know he's just charismatic and he's great he's a good character yeah for sure I also really like I think he's also a great character. Not gonna lie, I love love the diversity in this film. I think we have really, really good actors and actresses. I have no complaints. I have one diversity problem with this movie. There the lack of aliens in this sequel trilogy uh, is abysmal. It is so I hate I hate it. I hate that part. I one of the it's like your Star Wars. You have this massive universe of so many cool creatures. And, you know, aliens from the original movies and even the prequels, yes. and, like they use none of it. It's like Chewie's there. Great. But that's it. Humans are boring when there's 10 of them at all times on the screen, like talking between each other. Absolutely. One of the best parts of Star Wars is the crazy cool aliens you would come across. I think they really innovated with those in the sequels and the prequels. They did really good in the prequels with the aliens. We didn't get to see a lot of different aliens here. I think it would have been cool if there was an alien sort of side hero or something like that. Um, and Chewie's already used. This is, again, I think, playing into that reused storyline. Yeah. Like, we've already met net. Chewie, the safety net. Yeah. And, like, again, I will give him a pass for a safety net in the first movie of a trilogy. Yep. I wanted to see Chewie and Han and Leia. I, I don't love how they're all used, but I'm, I want to see them. Right. So, you know, that's cool. That That's that's a good idea. I think, yeah, it, the story needs some work, but 
the safety net makes sense in a lot of ways when you're starting a trilogy for a new fan base and your original fan base. So I like um I like Poe. Um, and then we have Finn crashing on Jakku and he thinks that Poe is dead, uh, takes Poe's jacket. And I think something that made me laugh here, and I have a note for her, is like, damn, he found Ray very quickly. Like well, the force. too quickly. Yeah. Well, that's that that's the answer too. for like a lot of this stuff in this movie. But he felt like he crashed in the middle of nowhere. Can we talk about how he survived that crash? A TIE fighter, the frailest ship we've ever seen in Star Wars, going yeah. nose diving into a planet and he walks away from it. But he he had a he clearly ejected. You could see there was a balloon. Oh, did he? So he okay. had parachuted. Yeah, yeah. Fair. That's how okay. he survived. And what about Poe? Yeah. We don't know about Poe. Okay, so we can assume the same for Poe will be nice. Yeah, okay. so we think he just died. All right, that's fair. Yeah, and then we've when he meets Ray, Ray and BB-8 recognize him and they run after him. I found it funny, but also like unnecessary how every time he would hold her hand to get her to run because the first order was behind. She's like, don't hold my hand. I'm like, come on, dude, you're about to be killed. He's trying to help you. And in this moment, the thing that stands out to you is like, don't hold my hand. But yeah. Don't like that. Part. I've heard that references like, you know, she's strong, doesn't need us help. And like, I think that kind of works for like the first time, but then after like three times, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Is this a man writing a strong woman? Because that's what I imagine a man writing a strong woman would be like, don't hold my hand. Yeah, right. Whereas like. After she just beat up like five guys. Yeah. Yeah. And after she saves him, like come the hell on. You've already established she's well capable of taking care of herself. She lives in the desert and scavenges for her life. Yeah. You don't need to say, don't hold my hand. I just thought it was bad writing. Like it undermines her strength as an individual by having it. But then again, maybe some people enjoy that. They keep running and what do they find? I like this part. I do. Although the TIE fighter, I guess it's the, it's not the empire. It's the first order who still can't hit anything. TIE fighters like missing ground targets is embarrassing, but fighters are chasing them. Yeah, they're shooting at them, totally missing. They're running. They're looking for a ship. Uh, Finn says, what about that one? Ray calls it a piece of junk. You don't really see the ship. The one they're running to gets destroyed. Then they turn to take the piece of junk and it turns out to be the Falcon, which I thought was a great gag. I actually really liked that moment. I thought that was hilarious. Makes sense because it's not like... 30 years later, it's going to be, you know, top of the line sort of uh, product. I could be wrong, but it never was. I was going to say in the original, I'm pretty sure it was an older model in the original. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, But it's legendary because it did the Castle Ryan 12 Parsecs. So definitely legendary. Yeah. So I like the scene uh, where they find the Falcon. I am very curious as to how Ray can fly it. Uh, She says she's a pilot. I I wish there was an explanation for that. Yeah. That's kind of the most minor problem with her piloting later on. She seems to know way too much about how to do things. That's that makes any sense and is really kind of fun to watch, I guess. But, you know, we'll get into that as it's coming. It is weird. But anyway, they get on the Falcon. They they fly away and TIE fighters are chasing it. I do like the scavengers on the ground that are like following and picking up parts from like the, the destroyed ships. So that was really cool. I sort of was able to excuse her ability to know about the technical part of the like ship and how to repair and things like that, because I just thought as part of scavenging, she'd need to know what parts are important, what parts aren't. 
she's also had to look after herself for quite a while. The part I was confused about was like how good of a pilot she was. Yeah, I thought that was ridiculous. Force. Yeah. So then again, maybe it's the force. It's kind then- of a, it's a, it's a Star Wars problem. And I don't know if writers intentionally do it or not. But I feel like because the force exists, it's so easy to just be like, well, you know, she she's force sensitive. So that's why it works. Like, that's why she can do that thing, you know, and it's just like it kind of excuses people from like writing some more detail around a character. Yeah, I think we sort of let it go. And I think all of us recognize it's the force and just like whatever. And I do think that they do rely on it being the force to fill certain plot holes if they exist. And it works sometimes, others it doesn't. Yeah. But did find it weird that she was so good at flying. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was Harrison Ford's scene and the him finding the Millennium Falcon. You're laughing. Tell me how you feel about this I'm scene. I'm cringing. Like Han, I like Chewie, obviously. I, I'm okay with their introduction, sort of. There's a weird exchange, though, where... Ray references Han or refers to him as a smuggler and then Finn refers to him as a war hero but that seems backwards to me like Finn's not like Finn was just in the first order there's no way he would consider Han a war hero and Ray's the one that knows the whole legend of Luke Skywalker and all that so I don't understand why that's so backwards yeah uh the only thing I could think about in that part was Anyone against the First Order, anyone against, um, not the First Order, the Republic, the the Empire. Yeah, anyone against the Empire would come across as a hero to someone who's against the First Order. So I feel like maybe there's that continuation, but that's like a stretch. It's the only thing I can think of. But in saying that, yeah, that part did stand out to me. The thing that also stood out to me, I was like, oh, he's still a smuggler. So that I thought was funny because... He, we saw some growth uh, in Han in the uh, last episode. And then now he goes back to being himself, sort of. We don't know yet what he's been through and what could have driven him in that direction. Right. And I, I am going to have to just kind of go back a little bit to Luke where I'm like, I'm okay with that. I, I'm fine with where they are, except I need an explanation and I need it to make some sense. And I know... We do somewhat get an explanation of, you know, Kylo is Han's son. That gets revealed later. And, you know, that's the reason we think that him and Leia aren't really together anymore. And he's gone back to his smuggling life. But I just, I I don't know. I just need that showing, I think, because I know he's not a good guy. He never really was. He he just had good moments where he did the right thing. Yeah. So that's fine. But it's just abandoning his Leia and his son and all. It's just a little much. Yeah. Something that also stands out is this whole movie was a bit weird because you didn't know what they were trying to do. A lot of the story that they were referencing was supposed to be in flashbacks or you'd assume would be in flashbacks. So if it's right now and you want to flashback to things that have happened, it would have been nice to see that, but they alternated between talking about it So where like Kylo would talk about some of his experiences and there would be hints dropped here and there about like different experiences. And then some flashbacks in the form of like uh, Ray seeing it with one of one of her flashbacks and one of her scenes about when she was a kid with with the lightsaber. But I thought it was inconsistent in how they were telling the story, which was one of the reasons that the story wasn't told effectively. 
Yeah, you just gave me a really wild idea, too. So we know, looking forward a little bit, that the second movie is done by a different director, and then J.J. Uh, Abrams comes back for the third movie to kind of finish his version of the story and, you know, release the Snyder Cut. It makes me, I know this will never happen, but it makes me wonder what would happen if J.J. had a chance to go and do his middle movie and then maybe repair the third movie because there's definitely some structural problems there because of kind of the time constraint. But yeah, that's that's a good point. And I think one of the reasons when I first saw this movie, I was like, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. And I was more like, all right, I'm going to give this movie room. Like I didn't, this isn't exactly what I wanted to see, but I get so many choices and there's enough questions here that I want to know the answer to. So cool. Let's see what happens next. And the problem is what happens next just didn't work at all for what this movie was trying to do. So I agree with you. Yeah. I do think that individually, if you look at each character, uh, Kylo, Finn, Poe, to a certain extent, uh, Ray, they set them up really well in this movie. You had so much rope to go with, like you had so much to go with with that. And I think part of my disappointment later on not that I didn't enjoy the movies, like, you know, I, I always enjoy a Star Wars movie that always comes first. I just think I felt let down because they all had so much potential. And the only one that even came close to that potential was Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I, we won't go into the sequels, but yes, I agree. For this movie, I liked Kylo Ren. Poe is interesting because he, I like him. Oscar Isaac's obviously a great actor, so he's good in everything. I do know he was part of reshoots, I believe, right? Like he was, um, I think he was supposed to die in the original script in that TIE fighter. Did you not know this? Yeah. In the, so that I don't want him to die. I think he adds like a great piece of levity to the films. Right. So originally when, and I'm, I'm almost certain this is true when, when they crash in the TIE fighter, like he dies there. Like, so that scene of him waking up, like those shots where Finn tells BB-8 he's dead, that legit is what was going to happen. Then test screenings happened and everyone liked Poe and they're like, okay, well, let's reshoot this so he doesn't die. That's why he just shows up in an X-Men later and has that one scene with, with uh, Finn. Um, that's really it. Yeah. Which is a good I choice. I do wonder. I did, I did wonder, like, how did he stay alive? I, they, never, they never tell us that, but. It's also why his character gets nothing to do in this movie because they didn't have anything for him to do. And then they decided, oh, we shouldn't kill this character. And so, yeah, we all like Poe. He's very similar to Ray in the sense of, um, for me, there's no weakness. So there's just not much for me to, to grasp onto. Whereas Finn, there's so many flaws. It's fun to watch him bumble his way through and try and survive and do the right thing. There's like, there's like, yeah, a there's a lot there. of confusion. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of potential. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Maz. Yeah. So I will say leading up to Maz, there's that weird scene where uh, Han has those monsters. He smuggled. Oh my God, and please. Like, Are you just going to skip that this? Part- yeah. Yeah, I just do not like that scene. It was just not... It's so out of place, right? Oh, it's just so... Yeah. It, I remember in, even in the theater being like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. This was the first moment in the movie like where I was like, what am I watching? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Like, oh, yeah. You could cut the entire thing and miss nothing. That's the interesting part about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll just go right over that. We didn't like it. Move on. Um, Maz, let's talk about her. Sure. I thought she was a great addition to the film. I would have loved to seen more of her though. Right. So like most of my problems with this movie, I just want to know what her deal is. Like the problem is they don't explain anything. So like she shows up, she mentions she's like a thousand years old or something. Got this cantina. Han knows her. I don't really need that backstory. We assume Han knows everybody, but 
she like reads Finn's mind at one point and she like she wants... has a, a Luke's lightsaber. Right. I was building up to that. So she sorry, gives sorry. No, that's fine. That's the problem. So she she not only does she have Luke's lightsaber, she wants Ray to have it. And we're like, okay. So now we have to assume she's some sort of chosen one that's force sensitive. And you know, when she touches it, we get those flashbacks. I don't mind that scene, that's fine. But literally when Ray says, like, where'd you get this? And she says, Oh, it's a story for another time. And like, we never get that story. We never get that story. That's but again, you didn't know that in this. Right, exactly. Movie. So yeah. I was like, weak writing, but fine if you're going to like there's a lot of things in this movie, like I said, where I'm like, I'll let it slide. I'm giving you the benefit of explaining this yes, later. Because yeah, it feels like yeah. you're going to do that. Because that's a sort of what they did in the first episode of all the trilogies. There were things that were like point. explained yep. later on. I remember when The Force Awakens first came out and me and my friends were discussing it and we're trying to be like, who is Ray? Because a huge question you're left with is who is Ray, which is a great question to leave people with at the end of that movie. And part of it was, well, how did maz know and why did she want her to have the lightsaber it's like she knows something so definitely that's going to pop up again and don't want to reference the future movies it never pops up again just like so that was disappointing but in saying that this is a weird thing i guess about this film is it seems there's a lot more people tapped into the force but there's no jedi so there's like no jedi People Which could don't be a good know. story if you write that well, yeah. There's no, there's the legend of the Jedi, like. The legend of the Jedi that existed 30 years ago. That's another weird yeah. part in this movie. Yeah, no but I assume that it's like a propaganda campaign to. Sure, sure, yeah. To like um, sort of allow the First Order to, to come up from the ashes of the Empire. But in saying that, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of more people who are organically more tuned into the Force, I guess. Yeah, and you just made me think of Luke's uh, Jedi Temple. And, you know, maybe he was finding people in secret, which, man, that would have been a good movie to watch, wouldn't it? Like, it would have been so yeah. good. Yeah. Because you, know, you, you just made me think of a world where, like, you know, the Force is maybe overcorrecting because there's no Jedi and there's no real Sith. We know there's a few Sith now. But well, like, you sort of get a hint of that, though, in the, right. pre- in the next movies right at the end where a little kid is able to. I love that scene. It leaves you with hope. But in saying that, I thought that was a cool scene in the cantina. I thought it was leading up to something that was really awesome. I love that Ray could sort of hear and was drawn to Luke's lightsaber. Also loved Finn's acting in that scene when he yep. told her he was a stormtrooper. That's when he told her that, you know, on his first battle, he knew he didn't want to do it. You know, he talks about how frightening the First Order is and how they do not care. That was very powerful. And in that moment, I actually wrote the note. He's such a good actor. Yeah. You know who we haven't talked about at all? That's been in a few scenes. Captain Phasma. Yeah. I think there's just a little bit of um, resistance to that, knowing that it just completely fizzles out. (laughs) Yeah. In every movie. (laughs) Because there was such hype about Phasma. There was such hype about Phasma. And then... Just like everything else in episode two, it fizzles out completely. Yeah, I mean, it kind of fizzles in this one too. I think there's more. Man, she was cool. Like she, her armor was cool. Like I love the idea of a captain of the stormtroopers, like being a formidable, formidable enemy. I thought she would come back though. Well, she does in the second one. Yeah, but come back with the vengeance. Oh, like yeah, for any reason other than to repeat the same fight from this movie. Yeah, I don't know. And then it ends so quickly. Like yeah, no, she doesn't fight in this one. Well, she gets thrown in the trash. That's her ending. That's that's fun. Where the writing belongs. 
she had a lot of, again, so much potential, so many characters. Mm-hmm. Again, safe movie sets you up. I would have loved a movie that actually showed the history of, uh, like you were saying, Kylo Ren at the Jedi Academy, why he turned on Luke. Um, you know, we see him, we didn't actually talk about the, we're getting there, but we didn't talk about the part where, well, it's after this scene, but uh, Kylo basically uh, feeling the pull of the light. Um, mm, and cool. he's talking to Darth Vader's helmet. Like that. that was really cool. And I just thought it's, it's you know, when we know at that, like, for sure, he's Leia's son. And again, reminds you a lot of Anakin, where he's tormented because he's pulled toward the light, but wants to prove himself toward the darkness, except I think uh, Anakin's fall was a little bit more unconscious, whereas Kylo, like, is conscious of him wanting to go down that path. Yeah, the difference is... Anakin, we knew why. We could see why that was happening. Kylo, they try and kind of explain it in the next movies. It doesn't really, it's not much. It's very thin, but they just don't ever really explain like why that's important to him. Like, why does he yeah. want to be? Like, he's just like, I want to be evil now. So make sure I'm evil. Help me be evil. And it's like, all right. Well, we never see why. We never see why he doesn't like his dad. We don't see why it's, he yeah, exactly, left yeah. his parents. Um, you know, all we know is that Snoke wants him to kill his dad, and that's going to be a measure of how strong he is and committed to the cause he is. So I thought that was stupid, but that scene where he's talking to Vader's helmet was pretty awesome. And then obviously we start being followed by that's when the Maz Cantina scene, I think, happens. And I have a scene, I have a note here pretty great uniforms and i think that's talking about the next part where huxley is addressing all of the stormtroopers that was such a ridiculous scene it's so silly he doesn't come across as terrifying in any shape way or form and then i was like great uniform but the like hitler like yeah not like it's basically the same yeah it's so on the nose it's hard not to kind of cringe when you're watching it uh yeah and look it's star wars it's fine you want to get the message across that they're evil fast go ahead and do that there's a throwaway line at the beginning where i think kylo's uh no huck says to kylo something about snoke wanting to use a clone army I think this is how this goes. And Kylo says, no, like my stormtroopers are fine or whatever. But I couldn't figure out why they wouldn't use a clone army. Because I'm like, well, they're spending all this time and money and effort on propaganda speeches like this one. I'm like, these have clones. Those do it. Like, you're clearly having reconditioning problems with these stormtroopers. You're going to have to steal young babies and train them multiple times. Is it in the long run? I mean, it must be, right? But it's one of those things. Yeah, I I honestly don't know another thing that they don't explain. But in that scene, even though that scene was ridiculous and Huxley is not terrifying in any shape, way, or form, all too on the nose, when they destroy those four planets, that was pretty cool. Watching the uh, beams go across the sky, I actually really enjoyed that part. Thought it was horrible. Pretty cool, though. I like the look of it. Again, I just got to, this is the only place I can go with this movie every time, essentially, is that I, I don't know what planets these are or any of the people. I just do not care. It's like the first, when you first see the first movie, like uh, by that I mean A New Hope, and they blow up Alderaan. You're just kind of like, oh, well, that's sad for this moment I've never met before. And that's, you kind of don't, I, I personally, at least, I didn't really feel super impacted by that. 
as I yeah. got to know Leia over the movies, obviously I cared more about that moment. Yeah. I have no connect. I still have no connection to any of these people or planets. And yeah. again, I'm just like, oh, it's a it's a bigger Death Star. Okay. Like, yeah, I yeah. This. I don't think it wasn't more about the connection about the people, but just I think to display the, the power. absolute power of destruction that the Star Killer has. Um, we did miss a scene though, and that was when the attack on the cantina. We see the TIE fighters, and then we see Kylo. I think that's actually now. Is that now? Yeah, I think that's after the speech because um, they see that and that's when like uh, they go to find Ray and they get attacked. Right. And that's when Kylo. Oh, that's right. It's their first scene together uh, where Kylo and Ray finally are together in one scene. Um, he very, very quickly overpowers her. I thought that scene was fine. That's when we see Finn fight the other stormtrooper with the really cool plasma sort of thing in Majiggy he's holding. I will point out for Kylo and Ray. So uh, some stormtrooper runs up or, or tells Kylo, hey, like the resistance is coming now. So like we got to leave essentially. And that's when Kylo takes her to interrogate her, which further made me think of the beginning of the movie, why he didn't take the old man to interrogate him. I'm like, well, now yeah. I understand like you're doing it now. Like, I don't know, maybe he learned. He, he obviously, but that's because he saw when they were fighting that she knows she's seen the map, you know, when uh, BBA right. showed her at the map. So that's also one of the reasons that he takes her because he no longer needs BBA. He could just access the map through her memories if he overpowered her. Yeah. But I think it was more that like when he had Poe at the beginning, like he could have read his mind right there. No problem. Yeah. Right? Instead I mean, of Yeah. Fair. Anyway. Fair, fair, fair. I just think he's not a great, I just don't think he's great at what he does. Like you're seeing how young and spot not spontaneous, but just too impulsive of a character he is. It would have been great to see like Snoke like chastising him for some of these decisions. Yeah. That would have been that would have fed into his anger and his immaturity. That would I feel like Huxley got chastised more than uh, <laughs> right for doing his yeah, job. Yeah. <laughs> for doing his job. Yeah. So I I did like that first scene. I thought it was really this is where the it starts bothering me very quickly. We've okay. never seen anyone get a grasp of the force the way that uh, Ray did so quickly. She started resisting him. She started resisting Kylo, was able to start sensing how he's feeling, where he's totally afraid that he's not going to live up to the potential of his grandfather. Are you talking about the interrogation scene? Yeah, the interrogation scene. And then she, like, pushes back on him immediately. That was odd. Yeah, I, one thing I want to add right before we before I dive into the scene is just two things about the sorry the cantina attack scene. So one, what I know you said that stormtrooper's cool with like his rod weapon, which I don't disagree with. But why didn't they use phasma here? Like how great would that have been? You, phasma gets to have a fight with Finn. It would make sense for phasma to show up and be like, "Hey, you're the yeah. traitor." Like that would have been a better use instead of a nameless stormtrooper that we don't care about. Again, maybe she had a future we didn't know about. Like, that's what I was expecting. What do you mean? Oh, like in the next movie or something. Yeah, In right, the next sure. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she shows up later briefly. She shouldn't do anything, but she shows up later. 
I did really like that shot of Poe in the X-Wing, like flying around, like that real like cool tracking shot with him, like taking out like seven guys. Yes, that really cool. absolutely. Every time I see an X-Wing, my heart rate goes <laughs> I wrote through. that down too. I was like, I'm always yeah. down for X-Wings showing up. Always yeah. down for X-Wings. Actually, I remember at the beginning when they introduced Ray to us, she was wearing a rebel helmet. Yeah, she put right. on a rebel I like helmet. That. I thought that was so cool. I love those little things that pay like respects to the previous series, just little nuggets, Easter eggs. We didn't even mention this, but her scavenging the ATAT. Your yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. The problem with being an Aussie is I don't say the T, so it just comes out as. A-a. I have to say it. That's how I thought it was as a child, so it's burned into my brain, right? Yeah. Sorry. What well, we can we can yeah we can go on to um... the interrogation. Yeah, I. So that's I where agree. the movie starts losing a little bit of credibility for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I don't mind that she's like somewhat resistant. It, there's probably a better way to do that scene. What I what I didn't like was, like you said, how powerful, how quickly she got. And then she's like mind controlling stormtroopers all of a sudden. And like, she's just got all these powers right away. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I didn't mind the interrogation scene. I expected Kylo to interrogate her. You know, she didn't really have a lot of protection. So it was weird that she was able to escape so easily. Not as weird as the fact that she was able to wield her power without even knowing she has the power. So maybe it's the strength of the force needing to find a Jedi. So the overall problem with Rey that I have uh, is that, and we've touched on this already, but like I I glossed over a few parts where she's like basically telling Han how to run his ship like like so yeah. I, I bypass this thing this is what they did if they do this it works better i fix this and then now she's like really good at the force it, whatever i don't i don't care that she's really good at things the problem in the writing is, is is that she very early on in the movie removes all tension from these scenes like i am never worried about her in a scene because she can do everything she can fly she can fix things she can customized yeah. things she can use the force she can win lightsaber battles like there's just no there's no drama yeah. to it and whereas like the original movies the prequels like there's so many character flaws in everybody not everybody but a lot of them are losing stuff but even finn right like he he's so believable because he's so vulnerable you know he's afraid and when he's fighting even though you know he's able to wield a lightsaber he still gets hurt Um, And then you see, you know, later on, Kylo really hurts him. Yes, for this movie, yep. Yeah, for this movie. So that's also a little bit believable. And I love how powerful Rey is. I just wish we saw more of the build-up toward that. There's such a great dual story you can do in this series of Rey being your powerful Jedi. That's fine. That's cool. Build her up. Let's see what happens. And then you just have, you know, Finn with his former former stormtrooper he may be somewhat force sensitive great but you can have a really good arc with him basically becoming the han solo slash leia of the alliance yeah the, the, leia. Pro- the problem yeah the leia is probably the best way to put it yeah poe is fine but he's not very interesting in the first movie in terms of an arc he doesn't have one really or the second or third one which is okay because he's supposed to be a background character in this movie but the way he kind of gets away with it is that he's he's good at one thing He's got to fly in a ship and blow up some He's a pilot, yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like, all right, he's really good at that. That's fine. It's Star Wars. You need that guy. Yeah, you need or somebody because we are, or girl, or alien, please. Because, you know, that's awesome. We love spaceships. But yeah, that's that's the Ray problem. It's just like, it's the, the absence of tension, you know, that she brings to her writing in this movie. Yeah. 
Bad writing, bad writing in a lot of different places. So now we know that Chewie, Han, Finn are all looking for Rey and they want to save Rey. And at the same time, the Resistance is looking at a way to destroy Starkiller. And I think this is where, again, it gets really... Uh, annoying at uh, the repeat the and the reuse of the storyline you know they use the exact same methods I guess to bring down Starkiller that they did with with a Death Star except Starkiller is so much bigger um, in saying that a vulnerable weapon quite big it took him three movies <laughs> in the like it took him such a long time in the sequels to yeah, this build one up was like Death Oh Star hey, there's a Death base Star over there. Yeah. 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 And this one they like destroy it from the base. We'll suspend all belief. We'll allow that to happen, but that's where we see Poe come back in and we see how much of a great pilot he is, which is so reminiscent of the way that Luke brought down um, with the resistance, the, the the Death Star. So that was really cool. But at the same time, it's just like you reuse the exact same storyline. You could have had that weapon like blow up those planets at the end of the movie and had that been your cliffhanger of like, oh, like, look at that. Like now yeah. what? It still would have been another Death Star, but maybe you could have built more of that. I don't know. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's um, I don't care when these planets that I don't care about, you know, if they nuked like Tatooine or Endor, and I guess Endor makes no sense, but whatever. Uh, any of those planets, like some some Hoth, like none of these make sense. There's nobody on them, but you know what I mean. Like these planets yeah. that, like I I know and care about, you have like, any emotional attachment to them, right? Yeah. Then I would be bought in. Yeah. So the next scene I want to go to. So tell me if there's anything in between. Is the Kylo Han scene uh, where they're trying to, you know, blow up the resistor. Um, you know, they see Ray, they're very happy they met Ray, and now uh, Han and, and Kylo are about to show down. Yeah, I'll throw it a few quick things really fast. Uh, one of them being I like Kylo's tantrum when he likes destroys stuff. I love his tantrum. Uh, and, and the stormtroopers like walk up and they just like back away. Can so I make like, a comment great. though? Can yeah. I make a comment that hit my mind in that moment? If Ray had that tantrum, there would be so many people giving her so much slack for being a woman who's doing a tantrum. Like, I'm just going to be honest, that would not have been accepted if it was a woman having a tantrum. I feel like this is the other reason that they try to make Ray so um, stoic, infallible and stoic. It's because it's so hard in a universe with so many man-childs watching it and with their opinions of how things are supposed to be to portray a woman in a way that they're not going to tear down and they still tear down like Ray. So I sort of get it. I feel like as a woman, that part bothered me for the only reason is that I could never see Ray doing that, not because of the writing, but because the reception that it would have had would have been very different to Kylo. And I know you may disagree, but as a woman, I'm telling you, it would be different. It's it's honestly not that I disagree. I'm trying to picture it. So she, do you mean her as like Kylo, like in an, like an evil version of her or just like her doing that? No, Kylo having, I'm sorry, not Kylo, Ray having any sort of fit, I feel like would have never been tolerated. Doesn't she do that in the second movie? Like she goes after Luke a few times. Yeah, but not in the same way. Like Luke is so frustrating that I think people get it. Whereas he, you have someone who hears bad news and then goes and ruins like so much equipment. It's it's, it's okay. different. 
I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just, I guess I don't picture it. So I'm not really sure. I don't really have a take on it, I guess. Yeah, I'll have a lot of people pushing back on me, but I'm just going to say. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I don't think you're wrong. I just, I just, maybe it speaks to your point, but I just don't see the situation. So it's hard for me to like think about whether I, that seems accurate to me or not. But I will say your comment for how Ray like being infallible, like seems intentional. I think I agree. I think also though, like Leia in the original movies, she's not, I don't know if she's infallible, but she's, does she have outbursts not really i mean i guess against han but who wouldn't yeah purposefully i i just feel like women in very in a lot of movies don't get the same passes that men do and if a woman were to throw a tantrum yeah she would hear a lot about it whereas i've heard so much and i i like that scene but i've heard it so many times oh my god i love seeing kylo throw a tantrum and i was like oh so many double standards here well, I think for me, it's more, I like seeing a villain that's not like Vader. That's not like the emperor. That's not like people. We've yes. seen. I, I like seeing somebody. It's one of the reasons I like Kylo. He's super fallible. He's got flaws. He's, he's, he's so unrefined relatable. the same way Finn is, which is why we both yeah. like them. Whereas I can't look at Ray the same way. Whereas I'm just like with Ray, I'm like, there's nothing for me to, to like cheer for, I guess. Cause you just, you're fine. You know what you're doing all the yeah. time. You're ahead of yeah. me the entire movie. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's why Finn is my favorite character and I'll keep saying that over and over again. Just a great character. So yeah, uh, anything else you wanted to say? You said a couple things. Uh, The only other thing I was going to say was like Phasma being taken prisoner basically as a (laughs) joke and thrown in the garbage as a character was on the nose again. Garbage, yeah. Yeah, that that was... That was uh, not great. Uh, I already mentioned the severe lack of aliens, especially when they're in their ships. All the aliens get killed, the humans don't. I noticed that. That was fun. Han's death. I mean, do you want me? This is like probably my biggest pain point in the whole movie. Yeah, let's do it. This is the pain point for me too. I will preface this by saying I like when characters die in movies when it's written well. Boromir's death scene is one of my favorite moments in any movie. It's it just it's up there. I will never not watch. Spoiler: If you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, yeah, well, and you should if you have not. But yeah, I, it's great. Like that's one of my favorites, and it feels like in this movie Han's only purpose is to die. So we hate Kylo. I don't know why he's in this movie. Like he just shows up. To essentially be a little bit of a father figure for Ray, that's fine. That kind of works. And then he's just there for Kylo to kill him, so we know Kylo's evil. I'm gonna just make a reference to the third movie. How none of anything in the movie, the third movie, makes sense because that payoff doesn't work there either. It's essentially erased uh, in a way that's very cheap and not fulfilling. This is like amateur hour writing to me for him. It's just very. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. Adam Driver is the only thing about this scene that I like. He's very emotional. He It's acted very well. Harrison Ford's fine. He's he's mostly here for a check. We know that, but, he, but he's fine. Yeah. He does his job. It just seems like an excuse for some sort of agenda that isn't even clear. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like there was a point to having Han and these characters come back in these movies that never really works. So you're it not even sure out. what they were trying to do. I, I don't disagree with any of that. I fully agree. Um, First time we see Kylo and Han in the same shot, same scene together, he kills him. In such an obvious way, too. That's in such an obvious way. Really disappointing. I don't have much to say that you didn't say. I didn't like that scene. I I wanted to see a little bit more. You don't know why. You don't know why he killed him other than Snoke sort of saying it's going to happen. And like you said, the whole thing that happens at the end of the third movie, or three quarters through the third movie, 
just makes everything that happened in the scene pointless. Yeah, it just it doesn't work. And we mentioned this earlier, but like we don't know why Kylo wants to be evil so bad. We don't understand this. And even when they get a little bit of time to explain that in further movies, it still doesn't hold very well. So not at all. Yeah, him murdering his father, who uh, we we don't know what kind of father Han was, even if he was like not a great father. I doubt he was horrible, but if he was not great, like. Well, I don't think that would send someone on the path like that, especially with Leia as a mother who clearly cares. And Leia's like the best character. They never in the entire series effectively explain why Kylo didn't like his parents and what happened with his parents. They, They never effectively explain to us how he could go so evil or try to at least i i just i need to point this out again too if your first movie was luke building his academy you get to see kylo with leia and han and you can even have snoke starting like you don't even see snoke would be good and he's just influencing him somehow and so all these things you're seeing is you know kylo taking them from a different point of view which is a very star wars thing to say and you know it's manipulating him into evil and if you see all that and you see like the distance being growing between them and like, I just, it doesn't make any sense that his mother is Leia. Like forget about Han. Let's say Han left him as a baby. Didn't happen, but let's just say you have Leia as his mother and Luke has his uncle, like two of the greatest, most stoic, hopeful, optimistic, good people. You literally the two best people you could have in your life legit heroes right you have to explain like that's that's where your movie just falls apart when we don't know why people are doing things and there's a lot of that in this movie yeah it's that's what makes the han solo death feel so weak and again put all that in the first movie and have him die in the second movie there you go there's your empire strikes back of these three movies and you're bought into it and it makes sense and now you like you have investment and then risk their being told that you're remaking The Empire Strikes Back. But anyway. Well, but no, but you wouldn't have remade the first movie, at least. Like, that's, that's true, yeah. Right? You would have made a better you, continuation. You will, always, you will always have the naysayers of, like, you just Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for what I want to see, clearly. Yeah. I just know I, I don't want to see that this. Thing. <laughs> I feel like there was so much in this movie that could have been stretched out to its own movie. Yes. Um. They did not give credit where it was due, which is what happened in those 30 years. They could have done it effectively. It was inconsistent in its storytelling, and they don't think they spent enough time or energy in it. The only thing that I can explain it is they were perhaps thinking they were going to do it further down the line, but Mm -hmm. with all the differences with the, like, producers. Was it producers? Yeah. A lot of Disney problems, yeah. A lot of Disney problems. I think maybe that changes it, so I'm willing to give them a pass. But in saying that, really disliked this scene, really didn't get it, didn't resonate with me, like didn't really make me feel any way. If it was Leia that died, I would have definitely felt in a way very differently. Um, So yeah, let's leave it at that. Can I point out one more thing? One more thing real quick. Yeah. You just made me think of how great it would have been if Ray and Kylo were students of Luke and Ray was naturally this gifted. And so he was getting jealous as a, like, there you go. It writes itself. Yes. You're welcome, Disney. Yeah. You should have done that. Yeah. I mean, we all think we're better writers than Disney. Some of so us are. Um, it's the reason that we're all not writing movies. <laughs> That's why we're commenting. Um, yeah. So let's move on to uh, Ray and Kylo's fight and Finn's um, appearance in that. I actually like this scene. I like the fight. I love, he's still got it going. Like he goes for it. You know, he started off 
not wanting to be a part of this running away and then realizing that there's good that he can do for at least the foreseeable future and help Ray. There was definitely that connection with him and Ray and he gets hurt and you get upset that he gets hurt. So I really like this scene. There's other parts I want to talk about, but I want to hear what you think about it. Uh, yeah, so Finn and Kylo, I did like. I did like, my initial thought was, okay, how is anybody holding their own against him? But, you know, there's two factors here. One, he's undisciplined. He's he's not well-trained. We know that. Or he probably is, but he loses that so fast in the moment. And then Chewbacca shot him with that huge crossbow gun, which yeah. actually, now that I think about it, had a really good setup earlier when Han uses it and talks about like, how powerful it is and how much he likes it. So that actually, that's a good setup. So he's fighting wounded. You know, uh, basically he can't use like half his body while he's fighting. So that was a really good setup for that scene. Yeah, I like that Finn gave it his all, still lost, you know, got slashed across the spine, which unfortunately has no, you know, uh, repercussions in the next movie. Wish it did. That would have been some cool character growth, but whatever. For this movie, it works. And then, yeah, I think Ray shows up. Yeah, I think, you know, Ray shows up. I loved when Kylo is trying to get the lightsaber, says it belongs to him when he sees Luke's lightsaber. Thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's true. And then he tries to use the force to pick it up. And immediately you're looking at the lightsaber and you can tell that it's not going toward him because there's another sure. force trying to bring yeah. in the direction. And I thought that was so cool that it was able to go back to her. Then they start fighting again. The only reason I thought they were even able to hold their own is like you said, he's uh, like actually really injured. Yeah. But my note here is mid fight remembers what Maz says and looks for the force. And then he's able to like, yeah. And then he's able to get back on her feet, do some fancy footwork and handwork. And then sort of like really injures Kylo. So thought that was a bit, you know, again, didn't like that part. Didn't like how they brought in the force. There was just the force was played with very weirdly in this this episode. Can I point out real quick too? Just just real quick. The last two times Jedi stopped mid-fight to like meditate for a second, they were both murdered. So Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. And uh, Qui-Gon stops for a moment in the Darth Maul fight. And then is promptly murdered right after that. So her stopping yeah. while his lightsaber is like next to her face. I was just like, what's he waiting for? Like for her to figure yeah. her life out? Like, I don't understand. Like was not cool. I didn't like that part. I thought it was odd. She does all that fancy stuff. I did like Kylo switching tactics. Join me. Yes. Love that. Love that he immediately went from like, well, I'm going to figure out what I could do here. Um, and I, I mean, I know Snoke wanted her anyway, but, you know, join me. I thought that was a really good part. And then Chewie basically saves them. It's about it. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Kyle is the best part. Adam Driver is such a great actor. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Chewie shows up. The They head back to base. Leia and Chewie completely ignore each other after Han's death. Now, I will give this a pass because I do know there is an extended scene where that's supposed to happen, I believe, or at least they meant for it to happen and it got cut. And I know they've said that because, and I actually remember reading somewhere that I think J.J. Abrams, I think his biggest regret was cutting that moment because it's such a weird moment to see Chewie walk past Leia after Han's death. Yeah. After something so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> so significant to your entire fan base. Yeah. R2-D2 decides to wake up because why not? The major threat's destroyed. He might as well do something now. But droids are droids. They don't just like... No, they're property. 
like I keep saying. Yeah, like I always just thought, like, how do you not just go in and override R2D2? But also, like, when they when R2D2 wakes up, they don't even really need Luke anymore. Like, they've just dealt the biggest of most massive blows against First Order, and the entire galaxy is now aware of who these people. Like, the entire galaxy should be showing up to support the resistance at this point. I remember the next movie; it's like there's thirty of us. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, it, that that was weird. I liked I liked Ray and Leia embracing. I thought that was really yep. sweet. I don't like that we didn't get to see what happens with Finn, but I like the idea that it's a cliffhanger. I'm okay with that, yeah. Yeah, I love that Ray said, I know we'll see each other again. It leaves it in that moment of like their connection was strong. You don't care if it's romantic or not. I wanted it to be, and I don't care that I wanted it to be, but I love their connection. They had great, great chemistry on scene. They fought really well together. So I couldn't wait to see how Finn is going to reappear in her life. Then she goes and finds Luke. I hate how it ended. I just like was like, I would prefer if they didn't show me Luke and you just oh, see they gotta get they... your ticket for the next movie. Yeah, but I would have I would have waited. Like, don't show me yeah, his face, don't but show they me have anything. to just... do a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, it's I get the cliffhanger. I just thought it was awkward staring for a long time. Like cut it a little bit sooner or just don't get him to turn around and do that weird eye contact with her holding up the thing, <laughs> yeah. then move the camera and end. I also thought it was uh, awkward that she flew there with Chewie who chose to wait in the ship and not go see one of his now oldest friends. friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like his war buddy, um, especially after Han's death. Like he wasn't the one to go there and like tell him because how great would it have been if Chewie was standing there and he turned around to see Ray and not Han and just like felt it. I mean, he probably felt it anyway through the force, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Kind of weak. Could have been better. No, because the worst is coming. What's what? Oh, in the movies. Yeah. I thought you meant yeah, this movie. Movies, I'm like, no, yeah. we're done. We're not. No, no, we're done. No, no, done. Let me out. I will say, though, overall, I enjoyed watching this movie. I had fun watching it. I knew we were going to nitpick it. There were things I didn't like, but there's always things I don't like and I do like. But overall, I left this movie excited and still can see why I was excited about a potential future. Now, what, knowing what I know, it sort of makes me sad because I watch this movie again and think that there's so much potential. Star Wars is one of, as a kid, was like, I was obsessed. Like, I watched these movies all the time. A bunch of the toys, had all the toys, had the comics, the books, played the games. Like, I loved it. And I still like Star Wars. This movie, though, like all three of them, but this movie in particular, I was okay with some of it. Like I said, I, I'm... I'm fine to be like, all right, like I see why you did a Death Star. I see why you did a lot of beats from A New Hope. You just, you want to play it safe. The last movies were very hit and miss with people. I get it. You're trying to, you just bought a, what's $4 billion, seven, whatever it is, billion dollar franchise. I don't remember how much it is. A lot of money. And you you don't want to like lose that money. I get it. It's just, it, like you said, you said sad. I would use the word disappointing. I could kind of, I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt when I first saw it, but I think I knew. I was like, this is not going to be what I want it to be. I think we yeah. cast that line of it's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. And that's kind of how I, I didn't expect the second movie, what it yeah. did. Like I, that, I could never have expected the path turning that happened in that one. But yeah, it's, 
it's disappointing and I, and I unfortunately don't like it in the end and a rewatch doesn't make it any better for me because all I see is wasted potential. I see characters that had great beginnings like Finn. I, I like Ray. I'm just, I was kind of hoping they would just tone her down at being like, give her a weakness in the second movie. So we can see that like her parents, you know, like that's kind of one of her drivers finding her parents. So that could have been good. Uh, we didn't get any of that really. So I just see a lot of, it would honestly be like going to watch like the first Captain America and having him show up like he is an end game, like that powerful. You just be like, yeah, all right. Like there's not much or Iron Man's maybe a better example of that. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. Um, I will say though, that standalone as a movie, I can't say I would be disappointed about the potential because the potential wasn't disappointing in this movie. It's the lack of playing out on the potential in the later on movies that makes this one even worse. That's a really interesting thought too. Like we know Star Wars are always written in trilogies unless they're very specifically called a spinoff and we know they're coming that way. So it makes you wonder what this would have been like if they wrote it as a standalone with potential for a sequel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's it for this episode. I would still give it a six out of 10, to be quite frank. I, I feel like we've covered this already, but like favorite and worst part, I think we've, I, we both have probably oh, yeah. Han's death is the worst part. Han. Worst part of the movie. Um, favorite parts would be definitely Finn in a couple of the fights. Yeah. Um, love the fear he had for the First Order. I love the introduction of Ray. I thought that was cool. Um, so there's a couple scenes that I really enjoyed. I love the flashback of Rey uh, to her childhood when she touched the lightsaber. Few things that I did, but Finn predominantly was uh, my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, that's exactly what I have. I hated the Han scene the most, obviously, and then like I, the, the the Finn scenes redeem this movie as I'm watching it. Yeah, just a lot of fun. So much fun. So, Abir, where can they find us? Where can they reach us? Where can we get their feedback and their comments? Yeah, if you want to send us some feedback, if you want to give us some suggestions, you can find us on Twitter at The Rival Reviews. That's with an S at the end. You can send us an email to rivalreviews2021 at gmail.com. And so you can go to our Twitter and you can see our email contact there as well. Please keep it civil. We do have feelings. I do at least, Sam, debatable. Yeah, so we're launching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you're listening right now is where you're going to find the next episodes. So definitely, you know, follow, subscribe, whatever your platform asks you to do. If there's a notification button, make sure you're hitting that, and you will definitely be getting our next episodes as soon as we launch them. Thank you. Bye. Bye.